0: You're listening to Pim Talk, the product marketing podcast, brought to you by InRiver. What you
1: you wanna talk about? Give it to me, give it to me, give it to me. What you wanna talk about? Give it to me, give it to me. I
0: said, what What you wanna talk about? I wanna hear. What you wanna talk about? I wanna hear now. Let's talk about Pim. Welcome to PIM Talk, the podcast for product marketers, merchandisers, and PIM professionals. And every second Tuesday, we come together to share knowledge, experiences, and challenges to be able to create even better product stories. Maybe you're wondering what PIM is. PIM is a software that is all about managing all product marketing information in one place to create a rich customer experience in all channels and shorten time to market. And if you're new to PIM, check out our first episode, What is PIM? I'm your host Thomas Waberi. I'm the creative director at InRiver, and we want to do this podcast for you and with you. So please contact us and tell us what topics you would like us to cover, what guests you would like to have on the show, or maybe you want to contribute in any way. So you can email us at pimtalk@inriver.com or send a message on Twitter at pimtalkpodcast. Welcome to another episode of PimTalk. I hope you are well and safe. Today we're going to talk about the digital customer meeting and I think that's also what we are all of us occupied with for the moment and uh, I have an expert on the topic with me so let's get on with the talk. I hear now let's talk about him. Today I'm very happy to have Jonas Hessler here as a guest in PIM Talk so welcome Jonas to the show. Yeah thanks a lot Thomas. Could you please just start to introduce yourself a little bit, who you are and what you have done professionally during the years?
1: Yes, of course. So my name is uh, Jonas Hessler. Uh, I have a long, long history in the retail industry. Uh, Since one year, I'm working with my own company as a senior advisor, uh, mostly working with other retailers uh, with the transformation taking place in the industry. In this case... It's probably more interesting to talk about my long uh, history with IKEA, uh, where I've worked as a global head of e-commerce, I'm working as store manager, I've been working with investments. That's more or less where where I've collected my my experience. So how many years did you do at IKEA? Yeah, I did more than 15 years in total, uh, but in many different roles. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And uh, I guess that that must have been
0: a a journey as well. A lot has happened uh, for IKEA during the years and especially maybe looking uh, to digital and so the last coming years. For sure.
1: It has been a fantastic journey and especially going through the transformation that has taken place in the industry from a purely physical retailer, I dare to say, to growing the retail part—sorry, growing the digital part of the retail—to yeah. uh, going from not offering e-commerce on certain markets to offering e-commerce on all markets—that has been a fantastic journey. Okay. so what kind of topics are you passionate about? Um, I, I would say the meeting with the customer. Uh, so. That's For me, that's what retail is about, a meeting with the customer. It could be a physical one. It can be a digital meeting. In the future, it might be something else. But those are the two different touch points I have in mind right now, at least.
0: Mm. And, and I think we're going to you know, stay around the topic of the digital customer meeting uh, in this talk, because uh, I think you have a lot of great insights to share here. And what would you say? I mean... I guess some things are similar in between a physical and um, a digital customer meeting, but other things work differently. So could you take us through some thoughts about that and uh, maybe set the stage a bit here?
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure. I I think uh, if we go back to ourselves as human beings, we are equipped with five senses. And when you meet someone in a store, you have access to all five senses. But then if we look at ourselves once again, at the typical uh, customer journey, that one, it starts it starts by doing research online before visiting a store. That's more or less the pattern you see all the time. Mm. So for me, retail is about a meeting with the customer and most meetings start online before even coming to a store. And in... In some cases, you never have a physical meeting, so that's very much my starting point. How can you make sure that this meeting becomes valuable, relevant, and perhaps even inspiring for the customer?
0: Yeah. So, in these first impressions, I know over the years there has been different uh, expressions about the moment of truth that you have a zero moment of truth, even uh, and so on. So, what what really you know is important with that first uh, touch point with the customer digitally, would you
1: say? Yeah, I think with this, this expression, moments of truth, you go back to to the customer journey. So depending on where you are in the journey, you have different needs. But typically, the first touch point with, with, the, with the consumer, that is about uh, making sure that they can find what they are looking for. They are coming to you with any intent. Make sure you are aware of that intent. And then when, when you can help them find what they're looking for, it's, it's all about making sure it's relevant to them. We talk a lot about personalization nowadays, but I prefer to talking about relevance because that's the goal with personalization. Mm. And then if you can take it one step further to make it inspirational, meaning touching the the emotional side of it, then, then you're a winner. And I mean, with
0: a company like IKEA with such a huge assortment, I mean, the customers, some come there because they know exactly what type of of product they want, what model, and they know all the specifications of it. Uh, someone else maybe come more for the inspirational part. As you say, they they want a new sofa that fits into their, I don't know, modern classic living room or something. And, and yet some other ones just the spare part for their in the couch that broke and so on. And how, how do you, I mean, uh, on an e-commerce site or in other digital channels, how do you sort of work with that to be able to serve so many different kinds of user uh, customer journeys that are you know starting
1: yeah i think you're you're onto something very very important here we always talked about making sure that there is a landing page meaning if you go to our corporate branded site directly without being linked from like google or any ad or something like that the landing, landing page had a very very clear purpose to say okay they come here and how can we help them find what they're looking for and help help them find what they're looking for it co- goes to back some of them they were like uh, shoppers others were like buyers meaning a buyer then you have a list i want to do this 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 it's all about finding that and doing it as quickly as possible and then satisfaction is very much measured by efficiency Mm. and then the other one is a shopper meaning I come there I look for inspiration and so on then it's more about finding news or looking at different rooms like living rooms and so on looking at what's what's possible uh getting inspirational but the landing page its purpose was always to help the visitors find the direction where to go and then the direction might be different from from visitor to visitor
0: Mm, yeah and here's also where it's so important also for you as a customer to you know be able to produce all of this product content in order to support these different kinds of user stories depending on where you go from from the landing page or Or so you will need different kinds of information different kinds of of media assets and um, yeah other guidance for your buyer or or shopping experience that that you want to have
1: yeah you're, you're really spot on and and here i think the best example is going back to to an ikea store i think most people have visited a store typically you see room sets where you can see a sofa in its real context, like a living room or something like that. Mm. That's really addressing the, 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 the everyday use of that product. Then, typically on the other side of the floor, you will be able to see the, the sofa, all the sofas, with the width and the depth or the range. But here, to replicate that online, that is something extremely important to see the product how it's supposed to be used in, in an everyday life and then with relevance and relevance can be do our consumers do they live in a small flat or big houses mm. do they live single or together do they live together with kids or or uh, with uh, with a partner
0: yeah and here's also where digital open ups uh, a lot of new opportunities because, I mean, if you have a physical store, of course, you can build uh, a lot of different rooms, but I mean, you can't really have a room for every scenario. So if you want to see a specific sofa in a setting, you have it for for maybe a a big family living room. But if you want to see what that sofa would look like in in a small apartment, you, you may not have the room to do both. But I mean, in the digital or in a virtual environment, then you could work more dynamically with how you present your products in different contexts.
1: Yeah. R- really really good and very often when, when I talk about the digital and physical, uh, I said before that in, in a physical store, you have access to all five senses and that's the limitation yeah. when going digital. On the other hand, the number of options, the number of or the way you interact and serve your visitor and customer, it's, it's uh, so much bigger. Uh, you can be so much richer in terms of choices, in terms of inspiration, than what you can do in a physical store. Yeah, and you
0: also have access to all, all the data and the behavioral data, and you could act upon that, of course. I mean, in theory, you could do that those kinds of things physically as well, depending on how you have behaved in, in the store. Things, information that you get or something could be different, but it's, it's so much harder to do physically. Um, but in the digital store, things could adjust or adapt depending on what you have done before, during your uh, user uh, customer journey,
1: so to speak. Yeah, you're on to another very important topic. And that's the, if I may call it the cockpit, uh, the navigation cockpit you have uh, as a manager. Mm. If you compare that one uh, as an e-commerce manager, where you are so rich on data, you can more or less measure and analyze anything, anytime, everywhere. Yeah. And then compared to a store where it's very, very basic. Uh, so that's another very interesting aspect of, uh, of uh, digital, I would say.
0: Well, I mean, you could think that it almost feels maybe overwhelming, all the opportunities. And uh, I mean, if you work with a large assortment, different user, ty- customer types, and so on, how, how you can actually start doing anything here. So I don't know, is there... I mean, looking at the digital uh, customer meeting or so, what would be things that you could implement that could strengthen this? And w- what is the things that you can start with? Because I mean, possibilities are endless, but you know, where to start? Where can you get the first
1: sort of gain? Yeah, I, I would say, start, start with your range and your products, meaning make sure that the information about the product that that one is relevant yeah that that one is written with the customer in mind Mm. Uh, if if you work with um, sometimes i call it visually appealing products meaning that where the visual part of the product plays an important role of both the experience and also the business when you have a a range or product like that i would say really invest in in uh, pictures, in images, possibly moving media and so on. Uh, Show it in a context, show inspiration and so on. That is extremely important and especially show it in a way that makes sense for the customer. Mm. I have a fantastic example of of a dining table. Uh, And then uh, we had information regarding that one saying, okay, there's a hole in the table. And then from a technical or an engineering standpoint, that's perfectly true. There is a hole in the table. Mm. But from a customer perspective, there was a possibility to, to, uh, to have access to uh, electricity in the middle of the table. So it was a throughput for a cable. Okay. But from an engineering standpoint, it was described as a, as a hole in the table. And that makes absolutely no sense in the eyes of the customer. But then if you describe it in a way like a customer benefit then it makes sense okay so this is just one example of of how important it is to present the information around a product or a range mm. you can take the same with uh, with, uh, with images and so on how can you use images to demonstrate that without using words or arrows or explanations <laughs>
0: You're listening to PIM Talk, the product marketing podcast. And after this short break, we're going to continue talking with Jonas Hessler about the digital customer meeting. PIM stands for product information management and InRiver stands for PIM. Want to learn more about how your organization can benefit from PIM software? We've put together a free white paper where you can learn what you need to know about how your e-commerce platform can benefit from PIM. Go to www.pimtalk.com to download a free guide to help you better understand how PIM can work for you. That's www.pimtalk.com. Do, do you have any other examples? I, I mean, you must have seen a lot of examples of you know successful or unsuccessful a- attempt when it comes to you know presenting products physically or, or digitally. So, any anything come to mind from
1: from your experience? Yeah, f- for sure. Um, I, I've had the pleasure of of working with uh, thirty different markets with IKEA in my last assignment, and with that we we have gained a lot of experience. Uh, Most of it is actually things that hasn't worked. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, (laughs) that's how you learn. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, And and just to take take this example around uh, product information, images and and things like that. Uh, Typically for a large corporation, that is something that is uh, produced centrally. And, And when you do that centrally, yeah it costs a lot of money and it becomes a big figure then you might be tempted to look at that one hey we we need to cut cost we need to make it cheaper or less expensive yeah then then you go into to the process of uh, reducing the amount of images perhaps you start to compromise on the quality uh, you you don't do your homework And in some occasions, uh, I was part of doing that. And what you could see is that you you saved some money very early in the process. Uh, And if you stay there, it might might be a good decision. But then if you look at figures like the conversion or the average order value, you start to see, hey, it's dropping, it's going in the wrong direction. And then if you even compare or uh, take uh, the analytics further on in the customer journey, quite often you start to see it in terms of uh, customer support. You get a lot of questions regarding things. So the number of interactions with your customer service center is actually increasing due to savings you've made to to, uh, images or quality or something like that. And in some areas, we even saw that the number of returns increased because we haven't provided the necessary information earlier in the process. So from that perspective, you can say we 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 saved some euros in the beginning and we lost thousands of euros later on in the process.
0: One thing that I would like us to just touch upon is that, I mean, with your experience at IKEA, such a big and global company, and and talking about how to be able to support the the customer journeys with digital assets and uh, material and inspiration. I mean, doing this on a global scale where you have to to uh, take into account different languages and cultures and so on. So so how do you do that? What, what challenges
1: are there around that that you need to manage? Yeah, I, I think that's a, a massive topic for any interna- international player. Um, and, uh, and especially when, when looking at uh, an extensive range, uh, you have a lot of information and assets connected to that range. Uh, you need to, to uh, support different campaigns. Uh, you have changes in range during the year.
0: Yeah.
1: And all of a sudden, you are supposed to support some 30 markets internationally with that. And then you can add the aspect of translations uh, and then adding uh, tagging to both images and pages. I would say that is probably one of the most challenging uh, things to organize. Anyone can do it once, but to, to really do that over time with quality, with precision... That's a that's a massive operation and something I spent a lot of time doing during my 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 years with IKEA.
0: Mm, I can imagine. And uh, and in general, here uh, talking about all the, the things around digital transformation and the digital customer meeting. If, if you as a company, you know, want to improve, if if you want to to s- sort of take some actions here, do you have any any advice or so for 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 the the leadership, the the people involved in in working with these kinds
1: of processes and decisions? Yeah, for sure. Uh, And and it actually starts with with more or less a human perspective. Uh, We as human beings, when you see a lot of things uh, changing around you, the natural instinct to do is to take it safe. And from a business perspective, I dare to say that playing it safe is probably the riskiest thing you can do. And the reason behind that is that leadership is about acting. And if you want to be the leader, you need to be the first one to act. It's as simple as that. And then when you look at the different activities that you do, it's so easy to just repeat what you did yesterday. And here I might provoke a bit by by, uh, quoting Uh, Albert Einstein, but he is widely credited for saying that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. And I'm for sure one of those persons who have been been doing that, but it's so true in in my perspective.
0: And in a digital world, we, we have the opportunity to be able to test a lot of different hypotheses and, uh, and uh, you know, try out new things and be able to navigate quickly and adapt to the results. So, I mean, it's really the age of being bold and brave and, and try out new things.
1: Perhaps I could share something there where in the digital world, we actually decided to, to increase the speed of change and most important was to have the number of explorations running in parallel so typically when you work in a physical world you you very much focus on one or a few activities but in the digital world we said the most important KPI was the number of tests or exploration cases we had ongoing in parallel. Uh So we decided, uh, and that was no no, um, big research behind it, but at any given point of time, we always want to have at least 10 tests or 10 exploration cases ongoing. And the only thing we knew was that the majority of them will fail. But unless we had enough volume, we will not have enough uh, successful cases. So that's
0: a good shout out as well. How many explorations do you have going on out in your digital channels to to see how you better can support the customer buying journey? So great. Thank you, Jonas. Very interesting to have you here at PIM Talk, hearing about your experiences?
1: Yeah, thank you, Thomas. And thank you for giving me the opportunity to share some of my experiences and my thinking.
0: Yeah, and if anyone wants to connect to you, where can they find you?
1: Yeah, the, the easiest way is uh, via LinkedIn, uh, where, where they will be able to find my profile. Otherwise, my first name at... My last sc, So Jonas at Hessler.se. So both channels works perfectly fine.
0: Okay, great. Enjoy having you on the show and uh, I see you around, Jonas. Thanks a lot, Thomas. Thank you. Bye-bye. So I guess due to the corona crisis that we won't meet in person for a while, uh, please feel free to reach out to me or anyone else at InRiver if you want to get in contact with us. Um, yeah any matter that uh, might come to mind. Um, Looking at future events, uh, we have some webinars. So we are doing regular demo webinars. The next will be on April 16th. We are doing a webinar together with QBank on May 12th. uh, And it's about their dam integration. And well, it's going to come up more and more, I think, online events uh, further on here. So Look out for those in our social channels. Follow us on LinkedIn and other places. And you can also go to our website in the events section under About Us. I also want to mention some things about trainings. I mean, we already had the the online preparatory course. And now uh, we are also offering remote business consultant and developer training certifications. And that will start pretty soon. So on April, in between April 20th and, and 24th, uh, we will do remote sessions for business consultants. And also, if you're a developer and wants to go the developer track, it's already on April 14th through 17th. So head on to the InRiver website, uh, go to the academy pages and enroll. Thank you for listening. For feedback, tips and questions, you can email us at pimtalk@river.com or message us at pimtalkpodcast at Twitter. Please, if you like the show, go into iTunes and give us a good review. And if you would like to see some behind the scenes material, bloopers and live streams, you can follow Pimtalk on Instagram. See you again in 2 weeks. Bye. <laughs>